Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast. I am Brando. You are here with... Wait, you are here? I am here with Ryan. You guys wish you were here with Ryan. Today we are talking about 62 land to Togatog. We're going all in on the land today, ladies and gentlemen. Hit our music! Okay, so here we are. We're on our... What episode is this? Yeah, that's right. This is episode two. Episode two. Episode two. This is great. We're going, we're going, we're on a streak. I suppose. Two episodes. Three episodes if you count our our pilot episode, which got us picked up by you, some website, I think. Can you have a streak of two or do you need three? You ever crapped your pants? You can definitely have a streak <laughs> of two. One day on this podcast... You need to tell the story of that time that you were moving your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and one day, I episode five, I'll tell that story. Oh, man. If we're still around for episode five. He's marking it down. I'm writing it down. Episode Ep- five. five. The crap your pants story. Poop story. It wasn't an actual crap your pants story, was it? No, I didn't actually crap my pants, but there was crap and there was pants involved. <laughs> and it's a good one. <laughs> It's a good one. We'll pull back the curtain and we'll... Uh, yeah, well, you, you know what? Admittedly, I think nobody's ever crapped themselves as many times as I have. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. It's, it's the worst. It's a thing, yeah. I haven't done it in like in a long time. That's good, though. That's important. Here we are talking about crapping our pants. Yeah. What is this world coming Magic to? podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's at its greatest here. Yes, here, it let's, is. Let's change the subject. Yes. Let's change the subject to 62 land to talk a tog. But first, we're going to talk about kind of what's been going on. Like you were just telling me off the air. You have been brewing some new decks. You got some new stuff put together for us. Yeah, to try. I'm, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm always brewing new decks. I'm always thinking. I'm always wanting doing this, doing that. I've bought every single prepackaged commander deck that's ever been released. I've been playing since Invasion. It's my favorite set. Invasion block in general. I've got a deep collection. I got 15 or 16 decks. It's like, I want more. Let's build more. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to rip that apart. Build this. So I'm thinking about. Um, Abzan Sapperling dot deck. I think that'd be really cool. Is that Gave Guru of Spores? Do you play him? Do you do you do some kind of partners and plus one plus one mechanics with the uh, the the new one, the last of the Abzan guy? Like, I don't know. What do you do? What do you who who do you build? It's a tricky one. I, I, there's an angel I think that would go in there pretty good, and the Abzan guy actually would probably be your best. The one that gives all your creatures plus one plus one, and he costs five or seven or. What he's a angel? Partner. What are you talking about? He's got wings. Is he not an angel? He's uh, like some naked dude with wings. I'm way off kilter yeah, here. Yeah, let's I don't talk even know about something at. else again. Yeah, I don't even know where <laughs> I'm at with that. But either way, when you build that, you should do it here. So we don't have to use Gave Guru of Spores, both because we already have one of those in our playgroup. No, we don't anymore. He took it apart? He doesn't play with us anymore. Was it Jeff? No. Who played it? Big Ben. F you, Big Ben. Yeah. Come back and play with us. Damn dirty quitter. Yeah. Chicken. Yeah. Chased him away. Just like we're going to chase away the Christian coalition outreach for <laughs> stealing our damn email address. I'm still pissed about that. We're going to battle with the church. We're going to take him down. They're in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that's, if you're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, they... egg them. They, out, they reach out. Don't reach back. Not until they give us our email address. I wouldn't egg the church. They got more money than we do. Yeah, that's true. Don't egg the church. Don't do that. And if, yeah, don't do that. You could be like that guy in Walmart and just stand under one of their letters on their church hoping that it falls and hits you and you can sue them. Liability always goes to the party with the most amount of money. And ain't nobody got more money than the church. That's not a bad idea, actually. I got a few days off coming up. I know what I'm going to do. 
Drink beer? And stand underneath parts of churches that look unsettled. Yes. I'll be just like that guy in Damien where he gets stabbed with the the needle. The steeple of the thing. You never saw that movie? Uh, The Omen? The Omen. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say the Damien. There's not a movie called that. Not the world. Unless it exists on unsavory websites. It's like Turkish The Omen. It's called Damien. It'd be terrible. Anyway, we're getting off on a tangent again. So that's what Ryan's been building. I've kind of been on a on a hiatus from deck building a little bit. I'm still working on a Maelstrom wielder. Uh, Yidris. I'm doing tribal goblins, Yidris, Maelstrom why wielder. Is always, why does it got to be goblin? Because I love goblins. I want to do one that has all three colors of goblin in it. Um, I want to play both of the warts. That would be black and red and green. It's jund colors. Jundlins. And this one... I figured it out. I'm kind of slowly, slowly working on it because Yidris also has blue in him. I'm going to play one blue card and it's, what is it? Wake Thrasher. Uh, that merfolk. I feel like every he's time, a merfolk. Every time you untap a thing, he gets plus one, plus one. So I'm going to have that and... That sounds like garbage. What is... What is? Well, there's that artifact where you tap it for three, then you pay three to untap it. So you can oh, just tap yeah. it and untap basalt it. Basalt Monolith. Yeah, so Basalt Monolith and Wake Thrasher is not garbage. It says... What does Wake Thrasher do? Every time you untap a permanent, he has plus one, plus one. Why don't you play the... Uh, whenever you untap a permanent... Um, mill a card for every permanent you untap. And you can mill your whole deck and then play something like... Um, what, what, what is it? The, That's uh, super ungoblin. This makes an infinitely oh. big dude that... Is not a him. goblin. Yeah, but who cares? It's the most goblin thing in the world. But it's a merfolk. Beating wholesale ass is very goblin. I'm scratching my head. We'll, pa- we'll paint a goblin on the card. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Okay. It'll be good. I suppose. Trust me. Trust a togatog. Yes. My phone, my uh, my iPhone auto-corrects and capitalizes a togatog because it's so familiar with me typing a togatog <laughs> in. It does that with Animar too and Karlov. Nice. Yeah, all decks, of course, that I have. Yes. So let's talk about Ataga Tog. Let's yes, read them. Okay. Let's get into our deck here. Every deck we've done so far has been monocolor, right? We did two red Zadas. Yeah. We've done Hirobi. Hirobi Death's Whale is black. And we thought about I thought about doing Mistform Ultimus, but it was also monocolored, mono blue. Yep. Let's try five color. Yes. The opposite. Let's just go all the way to the okay. other end of the spectrum here. White, blue, black, red, green for legendary creature Atog. Oh, baby. Yes. Sacrifice and a tog. A tog a tog gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the sacrificed a tog's power. He's a 5 5. So an a tog is a creature type. Yep. And there are some a togs. Yes. There's, is there 10 of them? There's ten or, between ten and twelve of them. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, there's a totem of one, which is, there's 11. There's a totem of one of them. That's an artifact. There's all kinds of shapeshifters from Lauren Block yep. that are atogs. But if we did that, this deck would be very spicy now, would it? Yeah, Because would. it would be the regular old plebeian atog. Yeah, you're playing a tog Whatever. tribal. If you're going to play five color a tog tribal, you're probably just terrible anyway. Yeah, if you're playing five color a tog tribal, it might as well be five color dragon tribal with um, the sign of the sign of the earth dragon or sliver yeah. tribal or uh, god tribal god with tribal corona. with gonna, corona the false god yeah, and then all the gods. Yeah. Um, 
five color hermit druid control. Yeah. There's a thousand Rebels. different. Yeah. yeah. If you're playing five Child color. Child of Alara control yeah. stacks kind of five color. Like there's yeah. a thousand ways to build five color. Correct. This is not any of those ways. No, it's very cool. Also, if you want to check out this deck list or any of the deck lists that we're going to reference or talk about in the future, we're CCO podcast because the Christian Coalition Outreach didn't get to that. On tappedout.net. That's ours. It's the beginning of the takeover. We're taking it back. The the church doesn't have a monopoly on tappedout.net as of yet. Damn, Skippy, they don't. And they're not going to get CCO. That's right. It's ours. That's Cookout podcast. So... If we are looking at the list, 62 land, and this deck list, as you scroll down on Tapped Out, looks like it goes on forever because <laughs> there is not two lands that are the same. That is there's awesome. One, There's truly one of any card in this deck. One card. Does make it a little bit challenging to play because y- you truly never know what you're going to get. And it can truly be different every single time you play it because you're never going to have two islands in play, for example, right? Yeah, it's impossible. when you're not playing the the standard Atog kind of list, you're not going to have the same types of scenarios come up all the time, which makes it pretty spicy because it's going to give you a unique game experience every time. So for you, you're going to get a different experience every time you play the game. And that here is part of our philosophy. That's what we like. We like you to enjoy playing a deck. We don't want you to just win all the time. Every time. We want you to have a different game every time you sit down to play with your friends. We want everybody to have a good time. That's what Commander's about in our circles until it's 1230 in the the morning and everybody wants to go home. And we're just... Everybody's half passed out because they're yeah. either too tired in a diabetic coma, F.U. Alex, yeah. or um, like me, beard out, if you yeah. will. <laughs> yeah, you got to work in the... We don't care. We want to win that damn game. Yep. Yep. And, okay, so let's talk about Atogs. Just real quick, the, the brief history of time on Atog. Atog, the original Atog, is red and... I think one. One. That's right. I'm looking at him now. Red and one, and he was from Antiquities. And oh. he's a one-two that has an ability, sacrifice an artifact, a tog gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. He started it all. He is like patient zero. Yep. And across the board, every other Atog, the theme is sacrifice something, get bigger. Yep. Right? Um, so they did... A bunch of monocolor atogs. There's regular atog. There is um, atog, sacrifice and enchantment. That's the white one? Yeah. Yep. Get plus two, plus two. Chronotog. Everybody knows chronotog. Skip your next turn. You're sacrificing your turn. Right. Chronotog gets plus three, plus three until end of turn, but you can only do that ability once. Yep. So you can't just give them infinite, infinite. <laughs> right? Necrotog, remove... Remove the top creature card in your graveyard from the game. Something that cares about graveyard order. Yeah, hey? That's weird. That all being said, sacrifice a thing, get a benefit. Correct. This deck, not not looking to capitalize on that benefit, really. No. Which makes it kind of not an Atog deck. Until you start looking at the Atogs that say, sacrifice a land. Thaumatog gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. That's a one, two for white, green, one. And these two color ones are interesting because they have two different abilities. They give you half as much benefit because whatever you're sacrificing only gives you plus one instead of plus two. 
but they have two separate avenues to gain that benefit. So Thaumatog, for example, sacrifice a land, it gets plus one, plus one. Or sacrifice an enchantment, it gets plus one, plus one. The land sacrificing is common across all the green ones, right? Yep. So if you've got an Atog that has green in it, it's sack a land. land. The white in it, sack an enchantment, is common across all the white ones. Yes. And the same is true for each of the other colors. Except blue. Blue is not skip your turn. Correct. Only Chronotog. In that. any of the two color ones, it is. Only Chronotog is it skip your next turn. No. But the, I'm looking at him now, Fangatog, he is the blue-white one. I'm looking at Psychotog, and he's the most famous one. He's the blue-black one. Um, the blue one is discard a card from your hand. Theoretically, blue has the most cards, yep. just like white has the most enchantments, just like green has the most lands. Gives him plus one, plus one. The black side of him, exile two cards in your graveyard. Psychotog gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So he's so famous and powerful and popular because there was, I mean, he goes in cubes. He was in um, standard in 2001 or two with um, upheaval. Yep. So you, you, you float a bunch of mana. You, you have a tog in play. Float a bunch of mana, you play upheaval, it bounces everything to your hand. You cast a tog, or or he stays in play because upheaval only bounces land or something, mm -hmm. right? Upheaval bounces land? Yeah. So you have a tog, or psychotog, I mean, you bounce all your land with upheaval. You discard all the lands that you that you just bounced to give them plus eight or nine or whatever. And then you exile all those cards in your graveyard to give them plus four or five again because you got to exile two cards. And then all of a sudden you're bashing in with a he was a legacy deck twelve or fifteen or twenty powered psychotog. Yep. It's a cool card, a good card, but not how we're using them in this deck. Nope, not how you're using them. And the reason is that we're we're looking to capitalize and gain advantage from lands, lands. playing lands, multiple lands per turn, multiple land drops or land out of your graveyard or cycling lands to draw cards and getting them back with something like life from the loam. And we're going to read that real quick because this too is a cool little legacy nugget. So sorcery, green and one, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. And it's got dredge, dredge three. So you read dredge. Dredge is my favorite mechanic in magic. I'm just going to say that. Anytime you would draw. That, that is the subtle segue yeah. from me because I knew yeah. that. Yeah, okay. I like it. I appreciate just, just that. Just throwing that out there. Dredge is if you would draw a card. Instead of drawing that card, you can take the card with Dredge out of your graveyard. If it has Dredge 4, you then mill four cards from the top of your library into your graveyard and put the Dredge card back in your hand. Back into your hand. So good. Yeah. So when I, for example, when I Dredge 3, my life from the loam, I'm putting three cards from the top of my library into my graveyard yep. and taking or life from the loam back. Those cards could potentially all be land because I'm playing 62 land in the deck. Or uh, when I cast Life from the Loam again for two mana, uh, I get those three land or I get three land back into my hand. And those could be cycle lands or man lands or lands that prevent damage to me, just like the Legacy Lands deck. Yep. Right. And that deck plays what, 42 lands or something? That's something the, ridiculous. The original iteration of the deck was like 42 land dot deck or whatever, right? Yeah. And and all of the lands are in there to either 
get you more lands, to cycle into more cards, to prevent damage. We've got Maze of Vith, we've got Thawing Glaciers, or no, Glacial Chasm, I mean. Uh, we've got, I, I think I do a full complement of the... I think you play most of the land Cycle deck land lands. to draw a card, right? Yeah. They cycle for one of whatever color they give you. Yep. Right? And then it's got... Also good for dredging back your stuff. Yeah, dredging back your stuff. And then it's got a, a pretty good complement of... I guess fetch lands, right? Pay one life, sacrifice it, search for one of two different basic land types. Important to note that you don't play a full cycle of duels and fetches in this deck. No. Uh, a, a, B, like, I mean, I, I do own all of those cards, but I, I don't have enough of them to put into this deck. Yeah. But also, if I did do that, none of the, not enough of the lands would have a special effect other than just giving me the color of mana that I needed. They're just being sweet. Yeah. And then you're relying on your Atogs to win you the game, and that's not going to get not you where you Not what the strategy is. And yeah. if you wanted to rely on the Atogs to win you the game, go on to edhrec.com and look up Atog Atog, because that's going to give you that deck. Yeah. Right? This and it's going to play yeah. 35 or 6 or 8 or 40 lands, not 62. Yes. Right? So... Not a full complement of fetches, not a full complement of duels or shock lands, but it does play nine out of the ten tri lands, like the the shard lands and the wedge lands, right? Because it is important to get those because they give you fifty percent more mana colors yep. than a dual land does, right? Correct. And they come into play tapped is not a huge deal because the deck is pretty slow. Um, and, and it's totally it's a little bit pillow forty once it kind of gets set up, and uh, we'll we'll speak to that in a minute. But and politically, this deck is very it it's not unpowerful, it, but it's, it's also innocuous, not threatening, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just not sort threatening of because it's just plain lands. Da 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 da. da. And <clears throat> last week when we talked about Hirobi, we talk about um, people getting to know the deck and and getting to know how threatening it is and how to fight it. People know that this deck is not that threatening and it can't really explode like sometimes you're playing a deck that is perceived to be a non-threat but then can explode into barfing out your whole hand and winning the game yeah right um combo decks or Correct. what have you right yeah. or zada if you're unfamiliar and all of a sudden it barfs out its hand and then you lose right yep. this deck doesn't do that yeah, so if you're if you're into that kind of experience storm decks or or combo decks i mean sure look at a couple of our other decks on our tapped out page because we do have those you do have those we've got both our zada decks we've got my animar deck is notorious for that karlov my one-on-one -on -one karlov deck mm -hmm. is notorious for doing 21 commander damage in one turn yep. game is over this deck doesn't do that but if you're into playing lots of land, this deck, this is this is this is your jam. And it's not just playing land and doing. It's not land go every turn. Your no. lands give you. They give you effects. They give you interaction. Yeah. They protect you. They help you. Not as much as Hirobi does, maybe. But um, playing the land is kind of. It does come to your benefit, not just because you have a bunch of it. As an example, I'm looking at Cabal Pit, right? It adds a black to your mana pool, but deals one damage to you. So okay, that seems terrible. If you have Threshold, though, you can pay black, tap, sacrifice, give target creature minus two, minus two. It's so if there's cool. any little pesky little dudes you got to get rid of, kill it. Yep. Your land's going to do that. And when you've got something like Crucible of Worlds or Splendid Reclamation or something that gets you your land from your graveyard back into your hand or play, yep. you just you can do it again. So that's the kind of advantage that we're talking about. We're talking about Dust Bowl. Dust Bowl is three tap, sack a land, destroy target non-basic land. 
Well, if I've got a Crucible of Worlds in play that lets me play a land from my graveyard and I can do that every turn because I'm sacking a land. It's like Stacks did with Wasteland. You never lose a land. Strip Mine. Yeah. Do you have Wasteland and Strip Mine? I didn't know. I have, you know what? I don't actually own a Wasteland, but I do have the Dust Bowl and I do have Strip Mine and right. I do have Smokestacks. Smoke stacks, the actual card that the deck stacks is named after, is in this deck because I can play multiple lands in a turn. And if smoke stacks has three soot counters, I think there's soot counters. Soot counters on it. I'm going to read it here real quick. Three asshole counters on it. Three Three asshole counters on it. Three sphincters floating on it. I'll sacrifice three of my land for each of the sphincter counters and then play them back again next turn because I can play three or four lands a turn. Right? So Smokestacks is artifact for four. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a soot counter on Smokestacks. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a permanent for each soot counter on Smokestacks. Now, those two things both trigger during my upkeep. So I can stack those whichever way I want. So I stack the second ability that I read um, above the first ability that I read. So I sack a permanent for each soot counter on it. Let's say there's three sacrifice three things, three land, and then I add another soot counter. So when it's your turn, you have to sacrifice four. And then when it comes back to my turn, I'll sacrifice four and then add another one. So when it's your turn, you do five, right? So on and so forth. So smokestacks are good like that. And then I guess the the benefit from (laughs) sacking your land is you've got things that take advantage of that, right? I guess reverse landfall. When things go to the graveyard, yeah. lands hit the hit the graveyard, you get a benefit. We talk about angry Omnath. Yes. Or Omnath, Locus of Rage. You like that card. Why don't uh, I'll bring it up here. Why don't you read it? I'm looking for right there. Omnath, Locus of Rage. I think he got, what is he, seven? He's like three red, red, green, green. Yeah. That's it's madness. But he's a 5-5. Five, five. Whenever you play a land... You get a 5-5 five, five guy. Yeah. 5-5 five, five guy for putting a land into play. And whenever an, it's an elemental, whenever an elemental. an elemental dies, you bolt something. Yeah. Just three damage to something. It's important to note that Omnath is an elemental and the dudes he puts in is an elemental. elemental. Yeah. And when you look at uh, Titania Protector of Argoth, she also puts in 5-3 elementals. elementals. So she goes good with that. And and Titania is, uh, whenever Titania, Protector of Argoth, enters the battlefield, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So she can get you a land back. That's yep. one of the ones I was talking about. Yep. Okay, so she gets one back. Big deal. What's what she actually do? What is she actually in the deck for? Well, she's a 5-3. Whenever a land you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, get a 5-3 elemental. Right? Kind of like Omnath. Yeah, it's like Oppo Omnath. Yeah, and... Important because you've got all kinds of things that are... Well, you play three land. You have both of them on in play. You play three land because you have Azusa. Yeah. Get 15 power worth of guys. Yeah. Sack all three of those to your smokestacks next turn. Get 15 more power worth of guys and do nine damage. Yeah. It's crazy. Titania and and Omnath Locus of Rage are really good together because yes. they, they trigger, they feed off each other, right? Yeah. Uh, another card, and you might be familiar because he's new, the Gitrog monster, and... This, you could almost look at this as a five-color Gitrog deck. And if you look at the Galgari, like the the black-green dedicated Gitrog monster deck, it 
is very much like this and plays kind of the same and benefits from lands going into the graveyard and stuff. So Gitrog is a 6-6 six, six for 5 frog horror. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he's, like he's updated Chub Toad. Yeah, he's like uh bigger Chub Toad. What's what how do you Oh, Chub Toad is just awesome. Just I know, but I I'm trying to think of something real clever like uh Bub Toad or something because he's like <laughs> he's bigger. He's like bigger Chub Toad. Buff you know? Toad. Buff Toad. Battle Toad. He's whatever kind of toad he is. He's a 6-6 six, six deck six, six death touch. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. It's another thing that's sending a land to my graveyard. Let me give you a second. Does a 6-6 six, six need death touch? Really? No, I guess Why not. does a 6-6 six, six have death touch? What in the hell is it going to be doing <laughs> damage to... Really? How many things... What the, what's going to survive being hit for six? Maybe I'm too old school and there's so many things with, with eight in the butt, but... I don't know. Yeah, I get what, what you're saying. What the hell does a 6-6 like, need damn death touch for? What would you rather it say on there? Like, I don't, How about this? When you look at it, he's green and black. Sure. And when a land hits, he's got a downside, which is a distinct... Um, and it's a sacrifice type downside. A, that says he's distinctly black to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got more power and toughness than he does mana cost, right? He's a 6-6 six, six for 5. Right. Very good on the vanilla test, right? Excellent, yeah. Um, so, of course, he's going to come with a downside. Sure. A black downside at that. Yeah, like a useless keyword. Yeah. He's got a couple other abilities here, too. So he says when you play a la- or you can play an additional land during each of your turns to keep him around so that's his green side yep. right so you've seen his black ability and death touch and a downside you see his green ability right and now he also says whenever a cre- or a one or more land cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere draw a card no do you draw a card for each land or yes. do you just draw a card for each for land has gone to my graveyard i will draw them and doesn't matter if you just got armageddon whenever you- a land is put into your graveyard, okay. so it would trigger on each land. Very important. Very important because I'm lots of lands going to the graveyard. Yep. So I don't know. I think the death touch is on there because he's two colored, and they needed mm-hmm. to give him like a green and a black and a green and black ability. And death touch is kind of the. And I think he's a six six. It's just six sixes with death touches. Like, of, I, co- of course, it's gonna kill him. It's a six six. I think he, they made him a six six. Like, okay, so what if you use a five five or a four four for the same mana cost? Like, you'd still play him in this deck because you don't you don't you don't win by attacking with Gitrog as a six no. six, right? Like, well, it's not just that he's a big. It's he's he's a six. Things that he blocks are gonna die anyway. It it seems really counterintuitive. Like. Same with Grave Titan. Yeah, he's a six, I mean, six with he's, death a, he's a six six and he's legendary. Like, why not make him a seven seven and make him cost instead of making him cost five, make him cost like eight, yeah. or, or not maybe not eight, but seven a seven seven for seven. Seven seven for seven. That's just yeah. Like, Sounds death. It's, it's, because then at least he can three hit an opponent if you're playing him as your commander. Exactly, which is the only reason why he should be legendary. Because he's just a big effing frog that saw no play anywhere. Yeah, it was probably he's kind of a directly weird before. card. I don't know. I'm gonna look up. I'm writing this down. We're yeah. we're, we're looking gonna, we're up, gonna, doing some Gitrog research. Yeah, Gitrog research. Why it's did be they, a show topic one of these yeah. days? Because we know that secretly Wizards of the Coast is printing cards for people like us. They're monopolizing the commander format. Yeah, they're printing cards for us, and I'm positive this is one of them. 
Well, yeah, he's legendary. I mean, we yeah. we all want more legendary because we're not going to argue when anything is legendary. Yeah. Maybe that's what you're doing right now, and yeah. then f you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the death touch that I have a problem with because he doesn't need damn death touch. He's a six six. The point is, he's in the deck because a he lets you play another land. B he lets you uh, he he benefits you when a land hits your graveyard from anywhere. Right. That's key. So when you cycle it, when you mill it, when you sacrifice it, when you discard it, when you dredge it, when you dredge it, when you atog it, like it doesn't matter. Drawn cards. Card advantage is always good. And and he's a six sick with death touch. So And he's you said earlier that he is a legendary creature that is often played in decks like this. Yeah. Now that limits your card selection pool. Correct. To by eliminating the three colors. Now, you play him in a five color. That's right. Version of the deck. Now, why did you pick to play? Why did you decide to play five colors and use a spicier general rather than have this goofy frog who's built to do what you're doing? And and probably be a little bit more powerful. Yes. Right? Okay, so a well, couple reasons. A, I've got a soft spot for Atogs. I had an old school green red Atog deck, uh, sort of, and remember, invasion, mm-hmm. right? Prophecy, Apocalypse, Invasion, Plane Shift, Nemesis. That was right when I got heavy hard into magic. And there was a deck called Fires or My Fires or whatever it was called, right? I think it was called My Fires. Zvi Moshewitz played it. And he was a a pro of bygone years. Um, And essentially it ran Birds of Paradise or Llanowar Elves as a fast one-drop ramper, right? Turn two, it played Fires of Yav- Yavimaya. Right? Gives There's, all your creatures haste. Gives all your creatures haste um, and and contributed to the my portion of the deck title. Right. My yeah. fires, right? And you did that on turn two for three mana because you played a dork. Turn three, you played a 5-5 five, five for four in Blastoderm. And turn four, you beat wholesale ass with Blastoderm and dropped something like Sapperling Burst which gave you any combination of 166s, 255s, 344s, 433s, 522s, or 611s. You can decide how this one card gave you any combination of dudes. Of bros, yeah. And I didn't play that deck verbatim because I wasn't playing competitively then because I was just getting into magic. And I made a deck similar to that that included... A tog of togs, and it it morphed into kind of a burn, um, red green deck wins, and, and you played mega tog. It included mega tog at that point, and uh. it slowed down, and because mega tog costs six or whatever, and it started to include the artifact lands from Mirrodin, yep. and it was between that kind of invasion times. Um, that time when Invasion was released and that right. deck was popular yep. to Mirrodin block when Artifact Lands came out, that's when all these two-color Atogs were printed and Atogatog. Yep. And because I already played regular Atog, Regutog as I call him, <laughs> he the, the deck just kind of has a soft spot with Atogs. With I just tongues. like them. They're like kind that. of a cute little quirky magic creature. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, They remind me of anything that you might see on... Uh, the new Harry Potter franchise. What is it? It's um, um, creatures and where to find them. Yeah, mysterious creatures and where to find them, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Any creatures on that? 
reminds me of a togs. Nice. It's kind of like if you have a Harry Potter infatuation and you you like that show. With, they're like uh, Gumby or whatever that little goblin looking thing. What the hell was his name? Gumby. No, it wasn't Gumby. He was from Harry Potter. He was a little he looked kind of like a goblin. Dobby. Dobby. Yeah. There we go. Gumby. Yeah. Look, whatever. <laughs> I play magic. I'm not a nerd. I don't yeah. know nothing about Harry Potter. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So they kind of have a soft spot in my magic playing heart. And they're not very good when yeah. you don't dedicate your entire existence of playing magic to optimizing the deck. Yes. And I wanted to build a five-color deck. And I made one rule when I originally put the deck together is I want to make a deck that plays cards that I want to play that under no other circumstance would I want to play them or play them at all. Right. Regardless of whether I wanted to or not. And I've kind of strayed away from that a little bit because I play like smokestacks in it now. And yeah. Nobody wants to the, play smokestacks. Nobody wants to play that. I want to cry whenever I play it. But yeah. It, Fits with the strategy now that it's a land deck. Do you play Tangle Wire also? No. Would you ever play Tangle Wire in this deck? Is <sighs> there a piece the, of shit? That's the fading one, right? Yeah. I don't like the fading one, but I do like Blastoderm, and he had fading. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, no, I don't like fading, and there's not really any way to recur artifacts in the deck. No. I actually took uh, Eternal Witness out of the deck in favor of, I mentioned it earlier, Splendid Reclamation. It's a four-drop. Inst or sorcery returns that returns all, all your lands from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, I took it out because all I really care about is recurring lands, yeah, not recurring why get, anything. Why so. get all when you could, or why get one when you can get all? Exactly. Just, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna cast um, Eternal Witness and get a land anyway, so I might as well get them all for one extra mana. Yeah. It's a slow deck, anyways, right? Yeah. So It'll that's kind of the history of why it's a Togatog and not mm. something like Child of Alara, right. who's a better control general. Or why it's a Tog a Tog sixty two land and not a a Tog proper, right? A tog because I wanted to tribal. make a control deck with other cards that I wanted to play, yeah. and I already have tribal decks, so yeah, only, screw them. Yeah, I'm the one that plays like a tribal, different tribal deck every time I build a deck. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, yep, every time. <laughs> yeah, yep. Harobi's not a, not really a tribal deck, Used even to. though I was trying to push it on <laughs> you last last damn, time there. Damn spirits. Yeah, scumbags. Yeah. So that's a little bit about a Togatog, -a -tog and, and uh, I don't know, it's just fun. I would recommend, as a deck-building exercise, build decks that have cards that you just want to play. Yeah, like look at, don't necessarily look at the general, look at... The cards the that cards. go in it. The general's one card. I would also, as a deck-building uh, exercise, recommend that people try and build, just as an experiment, try and build decks that are good in other formats. We talk about that Fires of Yavamaya Haste deck with Blastoderm from 2000, right? We talk about Legacy 42 Land Dot deck. Yep. Well, this is kind of like that 42 Land deck, except it's 62 Land, right? Yeah. It's got a bunch of man lands for creatures. It's got some Atogs. You can benefit from having the Atogs that, like, not even the, the land ones, right? There's ones yeah. where you sacrifice artifacts. There's ones that you discard cards. There is card draw on the deck. There yeah. are artifacts in the deck. Right? Yeah. So, talked a little bit about um, how to play. Talk about, I guess, what life resource it attacks. Your 40 life, your, your, your 40 regular life, right? Because gonna, yeah. most of the time it's going to win with 
um, Titania or Omnath tokens, or it's gonna it's got a couple bigger flyers mm. in there that can kind of start stomping you. How else does it win, Ryan? <laughs> how else does it win? <laughs> how else does it win? Say, tell them, tell Ma- the people how it wins. Mazes end. Oh, oh it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. No, you're bringing that up. You're not going to build a deck with Mazes end in it and not have me bring it up. That's and not how it I is. I mean, probably I would only play fifty. Well. 51 lands if you didn't need 10 guild gates and mazes in. Right? Yep. And that's part of the reason why you don't really care about a lot of dual lands and fetch lands because your fetches can't get your guild gates. Your guild gates give you two colors of mana like your duels. And the other reason you don't care about a lot of lands going to the graveyard because you don't really care which ones go as long as it's not your guild gates. Or you don't care about your guild gates going if you can get them back. Yep. With umpteen numbers of land back into play or hand cards. Yes. And Guildgate can act as a tutor for, or sorry, Mazes End can act as a tutor for Guildgates. Yes. Which is essentially like making it a slow fetch land. Yeah. Really, really slow, really, really bad fetch land. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, nobody respects. <laughs> yeah, not even me. No. I do respect Guild. I feel like you tried end. to win with it once and it just didn't work. I feel like you were almost there once. Yeah, no, I, I always I always try and win with it because it's fun and interesting and you do get a bunch of the guild gates just by nature of playing the deck. Yep. But realistically, I mean, you're you're not really a threat when you're doing that. You get beat up a lot yeah, for it. And people then, beat you just for doing that. And then it's all of a sudden somebody will say, oh, wait a second, he's got, he's got Titania or he's got Omnath or he's got a Consecrated Sphinx, get him. He's got <laughs> Damia, Sage of Stone. She's got Death Touch too. Did, Wait, is she like the seven eleven from Ravnica that costs nine hundred and you have no. to cut her own arm off <laughs> no. just to play her, and then she costs nine more mana no, to do her Damian ability? Damian was in Commander twenty eleven. Okay, She's ten bucks almost. Mind you, lots of those commanders. Yeah, are all those commanders. But let's let's read Damian because she. I who like am her. I thinking of? Sisters of Stone Death. Is that yeah, who I'm thinking of? Yeah, maybe the, she, the green black right. Sisters yeah. of Stone Death. They're green, green, black, black. Six or yeah, thirty-five four. remove a yeah, lamb. Or yeah, they're terrible. Inane death's as- aspect or whatever it is, or it's like green, 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 black, 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 twelve. Yeah. That. Thank you, Kamigawa. You. Yeah, I'm not playing that. Either. No, it's garbage. No. Um, Damia Sage of Stone is a Gorgon Wizard legendary creature. Gorgon. Super sweet. <laughs> black, blue, green, four, four, Big four. Time. Death touch. Skip your draw step. Seems terrible thus far. Yes, so far this is the worst card ever. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have fewer than seven cards in hand, draw cards equal to the difference. It's way less bad than I thought it was going to be. No, it's it's actually good. When you can drop three or four lands a turn, and when you can ditch unwanted cards in your hand to the various atogs, then you're going to draw full seven mitt next turn, right? Every turn. That's awesome. And nobody wants to attack into her or... You know the strategy when you've got a, a dude that somebody wants dead, but they don't have a, remo- a removal spell. You right. attack into them and get them to block, right? Yep. And if they don't block, eventually their life total is going to be low enough that they're just going to die. Right. They don't do that with Damien because you've got Death Touch. Same with Gitrog. Yep. Right? So they make good blockers. I also run... How big is Damien? Just, just 4-4. Four, four. Not as big as a 6-6. Six, six. No. Yeah. Not at all. But I also play the uh, the new guys K&T of Miletus Kienos, Kineos, and Tiro of Miletus. They're two eights. They're good blockers. That's true. That's true. 
and uh, they promote the additional land or draw card type thing, right? right. And they're a political card to keep people off. Yeah, you very they much so. You know out. what else? You know what else is a couple political cards when you talk about this deck being slow. We got rights of flourishing as well. Everybody loves that card. Enchantment in our for three mana. It's a green two. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. Yep. Excellent. Everybody gets to do that. Holly mine. And each player may play an additional land on each of their turns. Whether it's exploration for everybody? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that is exactly exploration for everybody every turn. Yeah. Yeah. So great political card. Kino Sentiro, great political card. Um, and what is the other one? It is Horn of Greed. Whenever a player plays a land, that player draws a card. Artifact for three. Very good. Very good. If you're going to be playing lots of land, especially. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you can you can chain those card draws together by having three or four land drops per turn. Or if you're tired of everybody else getting that same benefit, if they too can play an additional land, if you have like rights of flourishing or their own courser of crew fix or whatever, their own Gitrog, um, if they copy it or clone it or whatever, you can sacrifice that horn agreed to one of your Atogs. red Atogs that yep. let you sack an artifact. And then you can chain your multiple land drops per turn into cards next turn with Damia because she lets you fill your hand back up to seven every turn. Yep. Right? Just keeps an the example. Hand full, keeps your Yeah, and it runs, it runs Consecrated Sphinx and it runs a new guy that I'm kind of testing that I don't know how good he is or not. Um, the Sire of Stagnation. Which, like that guy a lot. Like him a lot. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of like Eldrazi of... Um, consecrated Eldrazi. Sure. You know what I mean? He's... Black, blue, four, Eldrazi, Devoid, doesn't matter. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, that player exiles the top two cards of your library, don't care, and me, I, draw two cards. He's kind of like Consecrated Sphinx, but he's triggered on land instead of card draw. And he's got a mill effect. He's he's a neat card. And he's a 5-7, so again, a good blocker. You're seeing a trend with the good blockers. Yes. There's three or four or five of them already either Big Butts or Death Touch or yeah. whatever because it's a kind of a slower, grindier yeah. deck. High mana cost as well. We're, we're going to get to that in a minute. But yeah, yeah. The mana cost so far is nothing below five so far. Yeah, realistically, there's not really a whole bunch below five. Like there's, I'm just leaning in here to, to see at the mm-hmm. one, there's three in the one drop slot, two in the two drop slot, 14 in the three drop slot, and then that kind of higher converted mana cost just takes over from here. Fives and sixes and sevens, right? And there's not a lot of ramp in it either. Not a lot of ramp, but it's kind of confusing to look at it because by the time you hit turn three and you've got the either the mana, the extra land droppers or the extra land uh, draw card things, they're going to get you there. Yes. And when you think of of mana ramp. I mean, realistically, technically there's eight mana ramp spells in there. You've got something like burgeoning. Whenever you play a land, I get to play one. That costs one mana. It's very good. Uh, Exploration. Play an additional land during each of my turns. Right. That's really good. Rites of Flourishing. Extra land. Also good. Azusa. She's a creature. Two extra lands per turn. Super good. Um, And what's the other one? Not Courser of Crew Fix. Um, Oracle of Moldiah. Oracle of Maldaya. 
extra land each of your turns. Yep. And you can really start to chain those extra land drops together because you can play lands off the top of your deck with her. Which is very nice. So if you don't have any more lands in your hand because you Azusa'd them all out or whatever on previous turns, you get 62 lands in there. Yep. Oracle of Moldiah, if you could play three lands, you could go land off the top, land off the top, land off the top. Yep. Right? Like, Mitful of stuff for your Psychotog. If you really and need mitful to do. of stuff for your Psychotog to boot because you didn't actually get rid of any cards in your hand to yep. do all that land play. So it's a it's it's cool. It's it's slow, but it's cool. Right? Sun Titan, another good blocker. I just yep. I just went down the list and saw Sun Titan, Vigilance. I'll attack with him and get land out of my graveyard. Another thing that costs six. Costs six. Six. Well, and that's why when we we got wrote, written down here, we talk about optimal game size, no. five plus people. Oh yeah, you need lots. Critical of people turn. For this one. It doesn't have one, right? Yeah. It's whenever you can get mazes in. What's that? Turn eight, nine, it, right? Yeah, I suppose. Turn one. Ex, what is it? Two. Turn one exploration. You can play other land. One of those lands wasn't a guild gate because they came in to play tapped, so. It's like turn seven if you play a guild, two guild gates every turn. Mm-hmm. Not very good. No. No. So we're, we're already touching on the weaknesses of the deck, right? Like yeah. If we're talking about aggro decks, Voltron decks, if they, can, if they can roll you, if their critical turn is three before I've played my first creature. Yeah, you're, right? you're in deep shit. I'm in deep. If they can get you, if they can kill you on turn four or five, yeah you're in deep, right? Now, the odds of that happening in a big game are very small because if people are attacking you, they're probably bad people and you shouldn't be well, playing magic the with them because you're not really a Theoretically, threat in a game like, like that. If, if there's a deck in a five-player game that can roll somebody on turn three, that guy's going to get rolled. If you're first, you're last, right? That's true. If you're first, you're last, especially in those big games because everybody's going to get scared and all the focus is going to be on the fast guy right then the fast guy should kill the second fastest guy not the slowest guy yeah because that doesn't make any sense that's wasting resources and and, and it goes back to that rule if you're first you're last okay so the fast guy is first but from his vantage point the second fastest guy is first he kills that guy then the third fastest guy is really the guy who's probably going to benefit the most out of this interaction exactly everybody's killing the fast guy fast guy's killing the second fastest guy Third fastest guy sitting there going, ha. And you're sitting there <laughs> and playing the talk, land. And the dog's like, eh, land, 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 guys, what's gilded, up? Anybody gilded. need a drink? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the kitchen, grabbing a beer. You guys yep. need anything? The other thing that this kind of bends over to is targeted permanent removal. So if you've got something that says destroy target thing that lets you play more land. Vindicate. Vindicate. Yeah. Vindicate or terminate if it's a creature that's helping me. Or sure. shatter if it's an artifact that's helping me. If you can kill what, I'm, what I've got, you kind of only need to do it one time. Yeah, one or one or two good, one or two well timed removal spells from an experienced player who knows kind of what to get, and you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least until I can natively play five or six land, and then you can start to cast these really powerful spells. Yes. You talk about Sun Titan; he's a really good card. Yeah. You talk about Consecrated Sphinx; probably one of the best cards in blue. Yep. Right. You talk about especially conse- EDH and big game EDH. Consecrated Eldrazi, really good. It's mm-hmm. like okay, you got to get to turn six or seven to play them though. Right? Not the hardest, but not the hardest. It, but it can be you know you're you're tightening up your butthole. Some of those where people are swinging for the fences, where people are playing <laughs> yeah, their whole right. hand out, going, "Oh my fucking god, that's right. what am I gonna do?" It is a thing. Yep. Okay. You know what? Here's the other thing. Um, 
and probably my favorite card in the deck, and then we're going to maybe move on from, from the different lines of play that we have in the deck. But the deck does play Scapeshift as well. I love Scapeshift. And we talk about Maze's End. You could sacrifice everything into... Maze's End. All of your Maze's End things, right? And Boom. when you talk about this deck being budget, it's not. When you talk about Scapeshift... It's not a budget. If you no. want to play Maze's End and you're not playing Scapeshift, good luck. Not really going to happen because <laughs> no. Scapeshift is the easiest way to do it. Absolutely. But it's also um, probably one of the most expensive. Like I'm looking at non-foil Scapeshift as of today is $37. Are you kidding me? No. Modern. Thank you, Modern. Thanks, Modern, for making my stuff worth so much yeah, money. Right. You know what I paid for my, my Scapeshifts? I got them out of a bargain box at no. Collectors for two bucks each. Ooh, two oh, two bucks. How so many good. did you buy? Four. Should have bought like a hundred. That was they had four, oh. or I would have bought a hundred. If there was a hundred, I would probably have like twenty of them because I love that card. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the spiciness, the spice calculator, as we've been calling it. Yes, we're gonna preface this one a little bit because it's not in a tog deck. That's right. So mo not most of the spiciness comes from it not being in a TOG deck, but like this is a very different, you're not going to see this. This is not a TOG dot deck. Tog. Yeah. This is not if you really five color good stuff for Hermit Druid, even though it plays one of every land. Yeah, you could play her. Well, no, you couldn't. You I, I, play basic, I play basics, but you yeah. could easily take out the four basics that are in there and play four other lands. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's not Child of Alara. Yep. Even though Child of Alara is in here. As a control measure, and because it's cool, it's five color. I have a foil one. Yeah, it's a it's a giant space baby that just that's awesome. Yeah, that blows up the earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about the spicy calculator. Prefacing it that it's not really in a tog a tog deck, but when you go to edhrec.com where this stat comes from, there is 107 a tog a tog decks. Yep. So. If we're calling it the general that it is, I have cast a Togatog -tog and swung in. Yep. You've, it's you've an Togatog -tog -tog deck. You've been in there with big damage with a Togatog -tog before. Yep. 107. Amazing. That's yeah. that's like a ghost pepper. Only it's... a little bit more than Hirobi. Hirobi had 90. Yep. Yeah. Uh, average converted mana cost. A little bit faster than Hirobi. If you look what? at... What? Maybe I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Do they take up all the, the converted mana costs of 100... <laughs> spell or hundred cards in the deck and land have a converted mana cost of zero nothing yeah I, I don't think that that's how they do it but i've got a bunch of one drops in there right sure yeah i guess right 4.18 pretty good pretty standard it, it's it's kind of standard a for deck. a slower controlly commander yeah. deck right yeah critical turn and optimal game size we went over it's maxed out at six and five yeah uniqueness rating this is where we get back to it not being in a Togatog -tog deck. 26 unique cards from what's being displayed on edhrec.com. That is a big number. Yes. Hirobi was unique, and it had 22. Yeah, and it was very unique. Yeah. This one, much Okay. Higher. The final thing that, that takes into account is tutors. There are two tutors in here. And if, if you're not counting... Fetch lands and mazes end. Which we don't. Which we don't because you can play those in any deck you want. Yeah. Uh, it does play Conflux, and I like Conflux. Conflux is excellent. Conflux is um, white, blue, black, red, green, three, sorcery. Search your library for a white card, blue card, black card, red card, and green card. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand. Yes. Yeah. So good. And the other tutor, I'm counting Scapeshift as the other tutor because 
it does let you search for exactly what you need to win, yes. just like a tutor does. That's what a tutor right? is there for. So even though it does tutor land, and we said we're just we just said we're not counting that, it does tutor lands. While we're talking about tutors, why aren't you playing Rites of Spring? Uh, remind me, remind me why I'm not playing. Uh, which, Sorcery, green one. Discard. You can discard any number of cards from your hand. Search your library for that many land cards. Put them into your hand instead. I suppose I could play that. Yeah. Like, why aren't you playing that? That's a good card. Is it's like a crappy common from a million years ago. My other, are my other tutors better? Probably. But this is just more mazes and stuff. And you could also play, this is another deck card that you don't play that I was thinking about suggesting to you and asking you why you don't play it. Mana Bond. Mana Bond. At the end of your turn, you just card your hand and put all the lands into play. Oh, yeah. I used to play that. That's awesome. I used to play that when... Um, what's the card that says... Is it return everything to the where it came from? Turns all artifact creatures and blah, blah, blah. No, there's a reason that I stopped playing that. Because Mana Bond is so good in this deck. It's, it's, it's very good. I just don't see why you're not playing it. Possible oversight. I don't know. Possible oversight. Because it costs one, answer. right? Yeah. It costs green. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a may ability. You may, discu- you no. may put... Oh, I, you have to. You have to. No, no, it is a may. It, it is, is a may. It is a may. So you can, at the end of turn... Put all land cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Discard the rest of your hand. Yeah. With Damia, that's very good. Yeah. Then I can run other tutors to find Damia. Yeah. And then, okay, we're see, not getting as spicy. See, the, the other deck, we, see, we're, we're dumping flour into it We're now. dumping flour into it because Demonic Tutor, for example, the best black tutor that I would want to find Damia with is in 35% of Atogatog decks. No. Right? Uh, when I go down and look for, what did you call it? Rites of Spring? Rites of Spring. It's got to be in there. Is it a, no, not Rites of Spring, the other one. The Mana Bond. Mana Bond. When I look for a Mana Bond. It's an enchantment. It's an enchantment. It's not in the signature cards. You have to forgive us. We're just, we're looking it up here because he's hitting me with all this spicy new tech. I didn't tell him about this before the the show because I'm a dirt Mana Bond. Not in there. Bam. That could be a thing. Raising the spiciness rating right here. That could be a thing. This guy. Then I got to figure out something to cut. And I do have that card because it used to be in this deck, but I cut it for some reason. Should ah. rethink your decisions. Rethink everything. I know yeah. nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. So uh, those are your tutors. Those are your things. Where are we go? Where, where are we going? Tutors, things. I do want to mention that we are playing a bunch of mass removal and stacks cards. So when I say, when I say. I'll say removal. I'm playing two targeted removal, four mass removal, two stacks cards. Like there are a lot of things to kind of help pad my life total right. because it is slow, right? Yep. So you're talking about Wrath of God. You're talking about, how do you say it? Jockalops? Jockalops. Yeah. Something that kills everything. I don't care. I don't have anything except a bunch of land, <laughs> right? That kind of stuff. Jockalops kills your land too, doesn't it? Yeah, but I also kind of don't care about that because I just can get them back. <laughs> I just play more of them. I got plenty of them. That's true. Right? Um, destructive force. Destructive force deals five damage to each creature. Each player sacks five lands. Well, yeah. I probably have, when, when I play that, I probably have 15 or 20 lands. You have seven or eight. Seven or eight. Maybe you have 15 or 20. Yeah. That's like almost all the land in your deck or yeah. all the land you're going to draw in this game. Anyways. Probably, yeah. Right? So I don't care if it destroys lands. Couple other things. Let's move to the budget section here because it's kind of an ugly budget. 
It's over $1,100. Good Lord. That's, Those land bases, eh? Yeah. They'll get you every yeah. time. And when your land base is 100% larger than your average deck, the cost is going up. Yeah, and when you play duels and fetches, right? When we talk about potential cuts, we're talking about... Duels uh, for shocks. Duels for shocks. Shocks for maybe body land. Body if lands like if you're or really the hurting. pain lands or the fast lands or the tango lands. Like there's yeah. lots of two-color producing lands yeah, that don't come into play tapped because if you're looking at playing guild gates all, and tri lands, the yep. wedges, the shard lands, they're all coming into play tapped. And Your deck's already slow. It's not good for business. No. You're going to need something that doesn't. Yes. Uh, and if if you do want to pad your life total again, you're not going to want 10 shocks or, or, or however many shocks I currently play minus the duels to add more shocks, right? Yes. It, it, it turns into a lot, especially it's, when you're fetching them because the fetch lands cost life. They're bolt lands now. Exactly. So, I mean... You got to be careful with these. You got to look in. When you're playing a deck that's based around the land base, it's hard to skimp on the land base. Yeah. And again, been playing a long time, so you have that, right? This is the kind of deck that you're interested in. Go out and trade, save it up, play in tournaments, get store credit. You know what I mean? The cool thing about like, oh, this is a super expensive land base is it's not like this land base is going to be worthless if you build the deck. It's like, oh, this is terrible. I hate this. Why did I buy all these crappy cards? What am I going to do with this Savannah? You're never going to say that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, investing in a land base is something you're probably doing anyway. Yeah, especially if you play modern, you're going to have fetches and shocks, especially if you play uh, legacy, if anybody does, or or vintage, if anybody does, you're going to have uh, fetch lands. You're going to have to get dual lands if you play those other formats, right? I'm not saying go out and spend $100 minimum on Every single dual land, like don't don't ever do that if you don't have them. Yeah, but if the, if it's those formats that you want to get into, work your way towards that as a goal for your collection. Yeah. I mean, EDH are basically playing Legacy anyway. Yeah, kind of. So the you, same card. Pool. You're you're eventually gonna need the duels if you're if you're gonna want to play competitively and make people fear your effing wrath. You're gonna need some duels. When we lands. start talking about less spicy Voltron decks, less spicy combo and control decks. Yeah, we're going to get into our Animar, decks, yeah, our Animar and our Sliver deck eventually. We'll in start talking about that again because yeah. I think it's important that yeah. if you want to have that kind of deck or that if you want to be competitive, if you want to play one-on-one or French, you're going to need something like that. Yeah. But if you want to have fun, unique experiences with your friends around the kitchen table, you don't need that. And... There is ways that you don't need that and can be competitive. And I think that that is the key. That's the key. To That's, understand. Yes. And this is one of those decks that you can do that. Yeah. You, you can skip. You probably don't want to skimp that much, but you can. Yeah. One last note on skimping. Uh, I was just going through the list here and Azusa Lost But Seeking. She had a judge reprint or a she had a, um, she was a in, Grand Prix reprint, yeah. or, reprint or something. Yeah. Regardless, twenty five bucks, twenty six bucks. That's lower than she was last. Lower time than she was, but to get an extra land, either on board or in your hand or whatever, I don't run Courser of Crufix in this deck. Isn't he banned anyway? No, that's Profit of Crufix. Okay, Courser of Crufix lets you play an additional land per turn. Right. You could easily cut Azusa and play Courser, and sure, he's nine or ten bucks or whatever, but 
it's less than half. Yeah. I mean, right? and if you're really, really hurt in there, you could play like Walking Atlas or Walking Atlas, Sakura Tribe Scout, where you elder. tap, where you tap them to put a land. Or Yavimai Elder, because he yeah. lets you. Uh, sack him to draw a card, and when he dies, you search land for two basics, yeah. right? You could even play, if you're going alter budget, you could go Kadama's Reach, Cultivate, or Gitrog Special, Harrow, because not only does it get you two uh, basics into play, it, replaces it also itself. sacks a land for you to draw a card with Gitrog. Which is very good. So there are budget options. I don't play them, again, because they either um, diminish the spiciness of the deck, or kind of transform it a little bit closer to what a Gitrog deck looks like. And, and while we want to And while we want to help you get to the that that sweet spot where we're willing to spend some money, we're not plebs here. We're not plebs. Yeah. We'll we got the cards, so we're gonna play them. You don't you might not, you don't have to, but we ain't plebs around here. <laughs> it's important to remember. <laughs> this deck is not foiled up. That's important to remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fetches and duels and shocks and nope. No thank you. No, 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 no. Actually, you know, one more thing that I want to mention too. We, oh. we talk about the milk list. We're not going to do the milk list on this deck today because it, it doesn't really apply. Yeah. At four drop, I play Wrath of God. It's the only match. Yep. And again, just because this isn't your typical five-color good stuff deck, nothing matches. So milk list, Wrath of God on four. Spicy AF. Yeah. It's a good try. Go look at it. It actually is a really cool deck. I've seen him play it. It doesn't do the best sometimes, but when it goes off, it's awesome. Spicy rating, 40.99. Don't get much spicy. I don't know if I mentioned that already. I think you can mention it again. Mention it one more time. 40.99. Let's call it 41. That's the highest spiciness that we've done so far in the four decks we've done. It's probably going to be one of the spicier ones that we're going to do too. Boof! Boof! I like it a lot. So let's try and top it for next time. I'm not sure what we're doing for next show. Do we have any idea? Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll open her up into our brains and we'll talk about some of our theory. Maybe we'll build something fun. Maybe we'll dig into the dredges of one of our own garbagey decks and we'll talk about what do we got that's super spicy. We could do snake tribal. Snake tribal. I don't know. Our wives are waiting for us to do barbecue and beer. Which is so... as spicy as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go drink beer, eat steak, and then lay some pipe. You guys. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. You guys are going to have a great night. Thanks for listening to us. We'll be back again probably next week here on Commander Cookout Podcast. Check out this sweet dubstep riff.